Welcome to episode number three of Play A Bigger Game podcast, the place that you come to to get your bigger game on. Tips, tricks, ideas and interviews to help you play a bigger game. And what a wonderful episode we've got ahead of us. We've got our very first guest on the podcast and this guy is a legend. So Keith Abraham is a professional speaker. In fact, he's probably one of the best professional speakers on the planet. He's a legend in the industry. And uh, Keith's thing is that he inspires people to live passionately. He's won Keynote Speaker of the Year. He's uh, written four books, published in 11 languages, spoken to one point five million people across the globe. He's an absolute fantastic guy. How are you, Keith? Oh, well, Rowdy, thanks very much for the kind introduction, buddy. I appreciate it. Mate, it's all true. It's all true. And, uh, you know, I think it's so good to have you on this podcast and to be our first person that we're going to interview. And it's funny, I, I was just thinking earlier that you and I do similar work and yet we're completely yeah. different. And, you know, I think the people that are listening to the podcast will love the information that you've got to tell them about living passionately. So let's dive straight into that. Uh, look, I, here's, what, here's my thing around passion. is uh, People often say to me, oh, Keith, um, I don't know what my passion is. And my response always is, yes, you do. Oh, I just haven't asked you enough questions. See, if I can ask people 12 questions, I can help them to either discover their passion, uh, rekindle their passion, or pursue their passion. And for lots of people, they let their passion go. And, and I think we should, Rowdy, just talk a little bit about uh, what, what I'm talking about when I say about passion. Firstly, passion fits into two categories. You either go and pursue your passion and earn an income from it, or you go and earn an income so you can pursue your passion. When you start to position it like that, it's okay. I say go and do the job that you like to do, that you enjoy, that you work with people that you enjoy or customers that you enjoy hanging around and earn a great income from it so you can go and pursue the passion, whether that be snowboarding or golfing or send your kids to a decent school or or volunteering or whatever it might be, go and, and, and do that. Or the other side, like you and I, you and I, we, we are doing our passion. We're helping people every day. We're, we're writing books. We're um, talking to people and presenting to people and, and adding value. You know, the really cool part about it, and we get paid for it. We get paid well for it, and we get paid to live our passion. So that's if we're starting to position passion, that's how I often talk to people. So often people just need to stop and discover, you know, discover their passion, or they need to reconnect with it, or they just need to keep on pursuing it. Do you think it's a good idea? So if, if somebody goes, I'm in a job, I don't like it, I've got no passion for it, if they can connect with what that job delivers for them in terms mm. of passion. So, you know, I'm doing this job, I'm not passionate about it, but, uh, geez, I get a good holiday in the snow every year, for instance. So, so one of the things there, mate, is that uh, often what it is, it's not about, you know, quitting the job and moving down the, the road. If you really want to get the root cause of it, you know, what you've got to say is whatever you're not addressing in your life will just manifest in the next role you go to. So, you know, if we, if we want to get very philosophical, um, I always say to people, if you can't fall back in love with it, then go and do something different. And that's about, uh, that's about rekindling. You're right, it's about looking at the bigger picture. 
I often say when the why becomes clear, the how becomes easy. And, and if you can understand the bigger reason why you're, you're pursuing that role, it is providing for your family or, you know, it's nourishing your soul and your heart and your spirit, then the next piece of the puzzle from there is, is saying, okay, so what do I need to do in that role so I really do enjoy it and I really do love it? Now, Steve Jobs, in his commencement speech, and, and I won't give it word for word, but, you know, in, his com- uh, in the commencement st- speech uh, to a group of Stanford um, graduates, he made the comment, if you look yourself in the mirror, if you look yourself in the mirror every morning and you say, am, am, I, am I going to work to enjoy it? And if you over, you know, and, and if I'm, what I'm doing is I'm, enjo- I'm enjoying that role. If he said, if you have a series of no answers during the course of a, a week or a month, he said, well, then you've got to change something. And either that's change your attitude, change your focus, or change your job. And that's great advice. Because mm. who wants to live a life where oh. there is no passion to it? And I, I love no. one of your great statements that um, very much goes with the idea of playing a bigger game is mm. nothing great happens until someone mm-hmm. becomes passionate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so true, mate. You've got to be passionate about something in your life. And, he, he, you, know, you know, the real challenge, come back to my comment before, Rowdy, about you either pursuing your passion and earning income from it or you're earning an income so you can pursue your passion. Guess what? The tragedy in our society is that people are neither either. They're, they're, they're existing and they're enduring. They're not enjoying uh, what, what, you know, and, and not excited. And, and I think everybody's life is made up of four parts. There are things in your life that you love to do. There are things in your life that you like to do. There are things in your life that you have to do. And there's things in your life that you hate to do. And, and if you think of those in, in four quadrants, the things in your life that you love to do and the things in your life that you lo- like to do, oh, actual fact, let me, let me position it this way. If your life is consumed by, is totally consumed by the things you have to do and hate to do, highly technical term, but your life is crappy. <laughs> do you know, because I'm not saying you can get rid of the things that you have to do and, and hate to do, but unless you've got things that you like to do and love to do, that's the thing that recha- recharges your batteries. It energises you, enthuses you, engages you, so you can go through the crud. Yeah. So uh, so people get caught up surviving rather than thriving is what you're saying. Correct. Absolutely. A- a- absolutely. They, they just get, they get stuck, mate. They get stuck. They they get in. Uh, they're in survival mode. In actual fact, mate, I often believe as well is that people are successful and still miserable. <laughs> and that's a, an even bigger tragedy, isn't it? Oh, it, it is because what they need to do is they need to move from from being from being stuck to survival to being successful to being significant. And what does that mean? That's about playing a bigger game. That that's about using your language. That's about that's about playing a bigger game. That's about leaving a legacy. That's about um, that's about having a reason that's bigger than you, outside of you, lives on after you. And that's uh, that's my definition. I bet you it's yours as well about playing a bigger game. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. And I love that concept of uh, grabbing a piece of paper, drawing four quadrants, and writing down what are the things that I love to do, what are the things yeah. I like to do, what are the things I have to do, and what are the things I hate to do. Yeah. So straight away we cut to a solution here. So if you've got more in the bottom two boxes, have more. to do and hate to do, yeah. all you need to do is find 
something that you're passionate about to go into the top two boxes? Oh, mate, it, and it could be as simple as going and having, a, you know, going having a game of golf. You know, you and I are both keen golfers. We don't play enough and all that sort of stuff. And but but we're keen golfers, and I, I know that when I go out and do that, and I catch up with you and a couple of other mates, it, it, it re-energizes me. Uh, is it the golf? No, it's the, it's the it's the connection. Uh, it, for somebody else, it could be sitting by themselves on a jetty throwing a line in. Uh, for somebody else, it just could be playing with their kids in the backyard and really being present. Uh, for somebody else, it be, could be having people around or it could be a date night with their partner. Uh, you know, the thing is we all get busy being busy. And, and because people are busy being busy, they don't, um, they don't allow space in their life to go and do the things they like to do and love to do. And they just soldier on and soldier on and soldier on. And, you know, what happens is they, you know, people don't rust out, they burn out. Yeah. And I, I, um, we couldn't have this conversation without talking about uh, what you're passionate about. So, you know, in those top two boxes for you, I know you've got family. Yeah. Very close to your family. You've got the work that you do. And obviously yeah. you love the work that you do. Yes. You've been doing it for ages. 20 years now, 20 years this month. Right? 20, 20 years. 20 years. Uh, the girls just posted a photo uh, of the first lot of photos I had done, me standing at a flip chart. They were in the days of flip charts and overheads. My God, I sound so old. <laughs> it sounds like I should have been out, you know, give me a training session on the arc. Oh, seriously. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, at least you've progressed on from that, mate. <laughs> You moved on to PowerPoint and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so clever. <laughs> you're, uh, one of your other passions is you're an explorer. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I, love, to, uh, I love to I love to travel, Rowdy. I, um, you know, I love getting on a plane and going to places and uh, I'm a keen photographer. I'm what you would call a pro-am photographer, which means I have all the gear but no idea. Um, <laughs> I, I I sort of I, I enjoy um, I, I enjoy going to foreign. I, I look, I'm, I think I'm a little bit strange um, to say the least. I love going to foreign countries. I love walking the streets. I love going where the locals eat. Uh, I love getting off the beaten track a little bit. I, I'm not one of these guys that are you know living off the land in a tent. I'm not that person. But but I love exploring and I love going. I love going to foreign supermarkets. I know I'm a weird cat, but <laughs> I love going to foreign supermarkets and and looking at the food and going, what are they eating and why is it still alive? You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I I I love that and um, I love people watching. I love sitting in a uh, you know a little coffee shop and having a beer or uh, you know mineral water or something like that and watching the world go by and go. I wonder where they're going and I wonder what they do for a living. And why is she with him? You know, she could do so much better than him. Seriously. So. Yeah. So those four things: family, work, the explorer, and the photographer. I'm surprised that golf didn't make that list. But then, uh, I, I, look, I, I really do love golf. I just don't play it enough. And uh, you know, as you and I were just talking about before the interview, I, I mean, uh, it just we get you know you sort of 
you know, just you just have other priorities and uh, stuff like that. But I love going out with golf, and and it's for me, it's it's not the golf, it's the conversation you and I have. It's the conversation that you know, it's it's almost like a meeting where a game of golf broke out for four hours. You know, <laughs> it's it's like this, you know, mentoring session where a game of golf broke out. So yeah, yeah. some people that. wouldn't actually call it golf either. But no, the- that's right. No, well, if they've watched me play, it's definitely not golf. It's more the reverse of that flog. So yeah. 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 But the place I wanted to go with this is. I know that you're passionate about photography and if we go back to talking about how do we find our passion, I know that you've found photography as a passion but I think, I don't think you've gone, I'm going to be passionate about photography, you're passionate about what photography does for Keith. Can you talk about that? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, for, For me, for me, it's about being an artist. Uh, I can't sing, I can't dance, I can't paint. So uh, for me, it was a, an opportunity to just uh, be creative, to, to, to do two things, actually, to be creative and to be curious. Um, Bob Sasha, who had 25, I did a course with him in New York a couple of years ago now. Uh, he's had 25 covers over 20 years with National Geographic, for that fabulous photographer. And, and I learnt this most valuable lesson. It wasn't about photography. It was about being curious. And for me, what photography does is that I can lose myself for a number of hours and just, you know, take photos and try and capture the beauty in the moment. And, and when I'm doing that, I'm thinking about absolutely nothing else. And that's quite... It's quite therapeutic and it's quite – it just gives me the ability to capture some beauty and, and, and to be also, ready to be perfectly honest, to, to, be, uh, to be a learner, uh, to, be, to be someone who is, is just – I have it – I'm not mastering it. And I'm, it's, it's like, you know, I'm a really good speaker. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't say that arrogantly. Uh, you know, I've worked on it for 20 years. You're either, you're either going to get good or you're going to starve, one of the two. So, <laughs> and so there's lots of things in my life that I have – that I have a good grasp of, uh, but that was something that I just I just didn't have any grasp. And when I first picked up a camera and started taking photos, I thought, "Wow, this is did I do that? Did I did I?" And, and you know what? I don't know anything, but I've captured a really good photo. So imagine if I actually knew what I was doing. Um, so that's that's what I think. There's a few things there. It helps me be creative. It helps me be curious, it, and, and it just helps me to keep on being a, a lifelong learner as well. And I think that's uh, something that's true about both of us. So mm. both fairly successful, get to do yes. a job that we absolutely yes. adore doing. Yeah. But I don't think either of us put the cue in the rack and said, well, yeah, I'm pretty good, I don't need to do any more. You know? no. and, and that just doesn't apply to... The job that we do, it, it applies yeah. to everything that we approach. And, you know, your story about photography is a perfect example of that. So mm. you can and, and you can find a little passion and turn it into a big passion. Oh. Or you, and it doesn't necessarily cost, have to cost you a great deal of money. I, I went to Antarctica a couple of years ago. Yeah, great trip. A couple of days crossing the Drake Passage, the roughest piece of water in the world. They ran some courses so that people could get out of their bunks and stop thinking about um, being being well. (laughs) And uh, so one of them was a photography course. And I'm going, seriously, I'll grab a cup of coffee and go along. And all the lady did was say, when you're in Antarctica, you're going to 
have the opportunity to take some great photos. I, in the next 15 minutes, I'm going to show you how to take a really good photo on your iPhone. And it absolutely blew me away. And so my son's there. He's got you know $10,000 worth of photography equipment. <laughs> and I wandered around taking photos on my iPhone. And he was really happy with the photos that he took. And they were tremendous. But, you know, I was really happy with the photos yeah, that I took. Yeah, you took some great photos. I saw yeah. some of it. Fantastic. Yeah. But... Uh, no, following your passion doesn't mean you have to have a whole lot of money. No, 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 absolutely not, mate. Absolutely not. In actual fact, so I said before that, um, you know, you're either uh, discovering your passion, uh, connecting with your passion or pursuing your passion. And, and so one of the things that I say is that if, you, if, you're, if you're sitting there going, geez, I don't know what my passion is, first you've got to change that language and you've just got to put the word in yet. So I don't know what my passion is yet. Okay, so what, once we've got that, uh, there are 12 questions um, that I can provide people and they can just email me, you know, keith at keithabraham.com.au and we'll send it these 12 questions to help them discover their passion. The second thing they need to do, Rowdy, is they then need to work with someone to discuss their answers because you can write them down on a piece of page, but as you know, you have to verbalise. But as you verbalise, you get a greater sense of alignment with them. And the third the third thing I'd say to them, if, if people haven't discovered their passion, is talk yourself into doing something like you did rather than talking yourself out of it. Oh, I don't know what my passion is, so that's it, I'm done. No, no, no. I don't know what my passion is, but so I'm going to go and try a couple of things. Is it photography? Oh, I went to a course. You know, I could do one of those at the local community hall, probably for fifty bucks. Um, oh, it was all right. It just didn't quite float my boat. Okay, is it cooking? I'm going to do a cooking course. Is it? Is it? Oh, I'll read this article online. Oh, that sounds interesting. Oh, maybe. I'm, oh, and so you want to talk yourself into it. The next is that if you're if you want to connect with it, say, I know what my passion is, Keith, it's golf, and I just never do it. Okay, so, you know, make an appointment with yourself. If, if you were going to, you know, if you were going to go in for a medical checkup, if it was a really important meeting with a client, you'd make an appointment. So make an appointment with yourself to do your passion in the next 30 days. Uh, that's, that's not a request. That's a demand because, because that will rekindle you. That will be the best thing you do for your health. The other thing you can do to connect with your passion is go and do a course. I do a course at least once a year on photography. Just to, you know, so I've got a camera in my hand for a couple of days and just, you know, fall back in love with it again and, you know, and, and so I don't get off, off course. And the other thing you could do to connect with your passion, Rowdy, is if you know it, is join a group. And you could do that online or offline. And then if you're sitting there and you go, I'm actually pursuing my passion, Keith, and I go, fantastic, wonderful. So ask yourself this question. Are you showing your passion to others? Because I think you have to share your passion because that's good for other people to see, not for them to do your passion, but just to say, geez, maybe you need to become the living example for other people. Or if you're thinking, geez, should I turn my passion into a uh, profession or turn my passion into a, you know, into a profit, then, then maybe I should go and first do my work for free and get some feedback from it or or the next thing you do is actually build a, a business from it, even though it could just be a micro business and doing that micro business. And, and let's say you make a, $100 a month or it pays for the courses that you want to do or it pays for some of your equipment or it pays for the golf balls, then, hey, it's okay. So doing something is better than doing nothing at all. At least you're learning Correct. what's not working. Yeah. Oh, I can tick that off the list. I don't like that. Now, let's just move a little bit from 
So we find our passion, people will go and download those 12 questions and go through that. So that's really good material for people. But I think the other thing that both of us bump into when we're talking to people about playing a bigger game or living passionately is we uh, we talk to people about setting goals, which you've just been through. Yeah. I heard you tell a story once about people who are overwhelmed with, yeah. oh, there's too much to do and I don't know where to start. Can you tell us that story, mate? Yeah, yeah, sure, mate. Look, I, I often you know say to people, you know, put your hand up if... Yeah, you know, if you've been procrastinating about something, and and, and lots of people, you know, seventy percent of the audience put their hand up. They've been procrastinating. Now, here's what I believe about procrastination, Rowdy, is that the greatest robber of self confidence is procrastination, and the greatest enhancer of self confidence is self discipline and in taking action. And so, I just say to people that it's about making sure you, you if you've been procrastinating, my suggestion to you is forget about. Here's the real key: forget about finishing it. So often we 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 are overwhelmed by everything we need to do. It's too big. It's too broad. And so the suggestion I make is forget about finishing it and just focus on starting. What could I do in the next five minutes? Let me, let me give you a classic example. I'm in beautiful downtown Auckland. I have. Um, I have a group of uh, people and, and uh, in the audience, and I say, "Look, uh, anybody, uh, you know, anybody want to share what they've been procrastinating about?" This one lady puts up her hand. She said, "I've been procrastinating about finishing off my master's degree," and I go, "Oh wow, you know, that's uh, that's a big deal. Can you tell me where you're at with it?" She said, "I have one assignment to do." I've gone, "Oh, jeez, wow, wow." I said, "What do you think the first step is?" Because you know, I th- I, once again, forget about finishing the assignment. Think it, focus on what's the first step. And she said, I, well, I have to do the research. And I said, look, to be perfectly honest, uh, that's too big a step uh, because you can't do that in the next five minutes. And I said, what could you do in the next five to seven minutes to get started? She said, oh, I couldn't do anything. I'm in this course. I said, no, no, no. Here's what you could do in the next five to seven minutes. You could take five minutes out. You could excuse yourself, walk out of the room, in five minutes you could write down the ten things you need to research in the library to finish that assignment. The second thing you could do is you could send a text message to a friend to say, do you want to meet me in the library uh, on Saturday? And the third thing you could do is you could actually put an appointment in your diary for Saturday from 10 till 12 to go to the local coffee shop and start fleshing out the bullet points of those ten things you need to research. Could you do that? She said, yeah. I said, here's the key. The day you take the first step, you've beaten procrastination because once you've taken that first step, you're more inclined to turn up with your friend to the, to the library to study. You're more inclined to what's saying, to go to the, uh, attend the appointment. And all of a sudden what happens is you start to create momentum and momentum will beat procrastination every single day of the week. And so if you're thinking, oh, I'm not studying for a degree, okay, if you've been procrastinating about cleaning out your wardrobe, don't clean out your wardrobe. Go to your sock drawer and toss out the sock that has lost its friend and release that into the wild as well. Just clean out one sock, the one that hasn't got a partner, a pair. Do that. If you've been procrastinating about starting your exercise program, uh, then, then really simple. Go to bed in your gym gear. It's not sexy, but as soon as your 
feet hit the ground, when you get out of bed, you started your exercise. <laughs> but I love it. I don't love the idea of going to bed in my gym gear, but I love the idea oh, of... Oh, no, it's not, it's not sexy. Just get started. Get yeah. it, make it as small as possible and get yeah. the show on the road. If you want to... You and I spoke about it. If you want to clean out the garage, don't clean out the garage. Just clean it. Pick the smallest box you can possibly find and clean that out. And and I guarantee you, Rowdy, as soon as you, as soon as you clean out one box... You'll go, oh, okay, I'm also doing another one. And all of a sudden it's an hour later and, and you've got the job half done or you've got the job a third done, depending on how much stuff you've ordered or whatever it might be. It's a psychological breakthrough, isn't it? Because yeah. if you're going, Sunday I've got to clean out the garage and you're overwhelmed by the 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 presence of failure is I didn't clean out the garage and so you feel ordinary about yourself and mm. then you go, oh, I'm going to have to do it again later because I didn't get it done on Sunday. But if you just go... I'm going to clean out that box of old trophies. Yeah. And so you get that done. doesn't matter what else happens on Sunday. No, you no. achieve something. Correct. And you're more inclined to go, well, geez, that only took a couple of minutes. Why don't I want to do a little bit more? And, and, and you just, you know, it, it's, this is the, the real key around making sure that people are beating procrastination, focusing on what counts and, and making momentum you know, making momentum part of their day is just to take small incremental steps. You know, I learnt this from working with Toyota for the last 14 years is that, you know, small things, it's just the little things. You know, those one percenters. One percenters. But I'd love this chat. Uh, We're going to have to draw it to a close, but there's some great stuff there. So do the quadrant. Uh, Go along to Keith Abraham, Keith at keithabraham.com.au. Download the 12 questions, answer those, and then uh, think about... How do you break things down into small steps so that you can kick them out of the park? Um, yeah. We would have loved to have talked about compounding consequences, which I know is part of your mm. next book. Let, let's we, talk about that next time. Next time. Let's hold it over, and mm. uh, hopefully your book will be out then and we can give yeah. that a bit of a plug. So, uh, Keith, thanks for being on Play Bigger Game podcast. I think... Uh, the information that you've shared is fantastic. You guys should all get along to keithabraham.com.au. Check out Keith's website. There's lots of really good free resources on there. Keith is an absolute legend. He's the most generous person I know on the planet. You'll love uh, connecting with him and sharing information with him. This has been Play a Bigger Game podcast, tips, tricks, ideas and interviews on how you can play a bigger game. Go and get your game on.